0: I will mention two bands and you will know exactly who i'm talking about wolfsbane iron maiden now you know exactly who i'm talking about and yes you're right correct i am talking about none other than the great blaze bailey former vocalist for iron maiden in the 90s as you guys know he spent some time talking to us in our podcast about past present and future blaze so i'll keep it short and i'll let you enjoy our conversation and chat with mr bailey enjoy well uh, congratulations on your 30 years plus of career man that's a great great career you have there thanks james and also it's an honor to speak to an official iron maiden family member uh how does that feel
1: thank you very much uh yeah, I knew a long time before because I was an Iron Maiden fan. I've seen Maiden three times before. I was actually before I joined the band. Uh, I knew, you know, everybody knows the name of every ex-member of Iron Maiden, the same as Kiss. Yes. So uh, I knew that if anything ever happened, people would still know who I was. I'd always be an ex-member of Iron Maiden. And I think it's difficult for other people don't maybe realise the importance. And especially some of the guys in the band don't realise the importance of Iron Maiden to fans, you know, but as a fan before, I knew what that would be like. So it's um, a great honor, really. It's a privilege for me. It's something that's so important in heavy metal and really in popular music, I am Maiden, to have been a part of that and written songs with those guys It's um, something really, really important, and nobody can take that away, you know. It's uh, something that's, that's really good, and I'm very, very lucky that in my life, from where I come from, you know, I'm dyslexic. I come from an ordinary single parent, family and I have no qualifications or anything and just by you know with a dream and some hard work and a bit of luck here and there then I got the number one job in the world in my field so I'm very very lucky to have had that experience you know so uh, it was a great thing It's. 25 years ago that I joined Iron Maiden and people talk to me as if it was yesterday and the albums that I did and the music that we did people like it just as much now as they did at the time so I'm very lucky really, It's um, it's been an important part of my life I think the most important part for me personally is working with Steve Harris, writing songs with Steve Harris and Yannick Girls and Dave Murray. That is something that has been a huge influence and everything I've done since then, all my solo albums are all very much influenced by that time in made Maiden.
0: Awesome, awesome part of your career right there, awesome for sure we'll come back to our maiden i got a couple of those questions a little bit later uh great work on your latest release uh live in check uh chris appleton i must say is a beast and uh the song selection song selection is just awesome uh talk to us about this uh, live album
1: well i wanted to have something that's a really good recording of the tour the album comes out at the beginning of the tour maybe studio album comes out and then I wanted at the end of each tour to have a really great live recording so if you were at any of the shows on the tour you would go oh yeah i remember this part of the show and like that so i I wanted to do this uh, you know, a few years ago and, and the manager I have now is just absolutely great and really supports my artistic vision and he said, yeah, okay, we can do it and Chris was able to be the producer for those albums and put the recordings together and I wanted to bring the side of what I do is, um, from the point of view that there's a very small show, some some shows are about 100 people, and some shows are about 1,000 people. And I wanted to, to get both of those. So the previous live album, Live in France, that's closer to 1,000 people. And oh. the... This one is cl- closer to, I think this was about 300 people, um, something like that, closer to the 100. It, both sides of what I do, because it's an intimate thing. It's, it's not come and watch me. No. It's come and be a part of this. Yes. And that's what I wanted to get over, that my concerts, a Blaze Bailey concert, is not just something that you come and watch. It's something that you you come to and you become a part of, the experience of that concert. It, you are an important part of that concert. So that's how I, I like to do it. And I think Chris has really, he's captured that vibe really, really well on live in, Jackie, it's a really good album,
0: I'm very pleased with it. Absolutely, he does a great, great job. Uh, As a fan, I love how you tell a bit of a story before, not each song and every song live, but as a fan, one appreciates what you do there, you know, it's a a piece of a story about that song, where you were at, at that time, and that's just great for us fans, you know, that's awesome
1: oh thanks you know uh, it's a different way of looking at things i think and i'm very lucky that i I have a great relationship with my fans and up until now there's been a free meet and greet at every blaze bailey concert so i've been able to meet a lot of my fans and People have shared their experiences about what music has meant to them and when they've started listening to me and what their favorite songs are and which songs have got them through the dark times in their life and the storms in their life. So that's a real privilege, you know, to to hear those stories and I, I'm very lucky. So I have that in the back of my mind when I'm writing um thinking about my live performance and how this will come over live and also thinking well how's how will people listen to this and what's it going to mean so uh, i try to put as much of myself into the songs and we all face adversity in life life isn't fair it isn't easy and it's easy to forget that sometimes and uh i think it's nice when you are a part of something and there is someone else who tells you their story and it's always great for me and very humbling when you know i hear some of the stories that my fans tell me and uh you know when you've spent time on your lyrics when it's something that i've agonized over
0: it's really great when people appreciate that you truly deserve uh whatever you have all the fame and everything you truly deserve it in my opinion and in every metalhead's opinion you deserve all that so i've read you went through a tough time in your life during blood and belief with your record company and so on money problems with the record company. And, uh, you almost lost your home and things like that. Um, uh, can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Well, I did lose my home.
0: Oh, okay. I'm sorry about that.
1: Uh, 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 I did lose my home. The, uh, record company lied to me. And, uh, they didn't pay the money that they said they would that was in the contract and the bank, uh, pulled in the, load, the loan, and uh, I lost my house. And that was the, you know, not just the fault of the record company, but they were the main ones. I borrowed money to keep the band going, and keep going in music, and they didn't pay, and that's it. So on the, on the Man Who Would Not Die album, there's a song called Blackmailer, and it's a true story about the record company not paying and the man at the record company lying to me and all of that, that I had um, a record deal for Europe and they said, we're not gonna pay you the rest of this. We're not gonna pay you the advance or the money in this contract unless you give us the rest of the world. Um, but I already had a contract, so I had to give in to keep things going. So yeah, that, that's it. They were liars cheats and thieves and i'm glad to say that when they went broke um a few years after that so uh, hopefully they'll rot in hell yeah that was uh, a dark time in my life and i've had mental problems and suffered with depression for many many years and blood and belief album was a, a very Difficult time for me. So, some of the songs on um, there tell the story of where I was in my mental health and in my life. So, there's uh, a lot of deep and personal lyrics on there. And I think, you know, in many ways, we got the emotion and the music and the lyric and the melody to come together and a lot of the songs on there very very powerful emotionally and it's um something that i'm very proud of the blood and belief album and if you like the blood and belief album and silica messiah and the man who would not die That's kind of where I am with my new studio album that I'm working on right now. It's a collection of songs with a theme, just like Blood and Belief has a a strong theme to it, but they're different songs about different subjects.
0: That's just awesome. Um, We can't wait to hear that. Speaking of the depression deal, uh, of course, we're glad you came out of it. And uh, what words... Any advice you can give to people going through through depression? Well, go to the doctor
1: is one thing. I, I was lucky is that, you know, somebody made me. They physically took me to the doctor. They said, this is not right that you're feeling like this all of the time. And I went to the doctor and, and the doctor said, uh, well, that's depression. And I didn't know what that was before and when there was a a word a label to put on those feelings then suddenly things did become a little bit clearer and I was able to look that up and investigate it I went on medication as well and that really did start helping but I don't think you're ever over that, you know, you, I'm a person that's prone to depression. I, I suffer from bouts of depression. And I think most people who, who have it do. And it's learning to cope with that. It's getting close to the edge of the cliff. And in the old days, the bad old days, then you'd, you'd fall off the edge and be down there for a long, long time. But when you know about it and you have some of the tools that you need, you'll see the edge of that cliff and you can go, ah, oh, I, I need to stay away from that because that's gonna push me over the edge and I'll be lost for a while. So I would say, go to the If you're suffering from depression, first of all it's a normal thing to feel bad and get depressed you know it's emotion we're human beings we're emotional creatures and our creativity and our emotions and the way that we are that separates us really and we are the dominant species on the planet and our emotions and feelings are one of the things that separates us from from the rest of the animal kingdom. But if you're feeling that way, then really try and go to the doctor to get help, try and get counseling, try all of that. And there's lots of resources online, find out about it. Your diet is very important as well. There's a lot of things that you can avoid eating Uh, Try to really avoid sugar and carbohydrate. Try to avoid alcohol. I don't drink alcohol anymore at at all. So those are the things. Try and find out about it. Take each day as it comes. And, you know, no storm lasts forever. Uh, That's difficult to see. And it's, it's not something that's easy to understand when you're in the middle of that storm that darkness but sometimes that's what it takes and there is darkness everywhere maybe part of it is not to look for the light but to be comfortable in darkness Hmm. and then start to find your way
0: great words of advice awesome advice follow that advice if you have depression on a different subject here who started the infinite entanglement trilogy idea and can fans expect another trilogy in the future
1: well in the future really what's happened is my 10th dimension album is kind of a prequel because the Central character on my Infinite Entanglement trilogy is called William Black, and he's the great 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 grandson of the original William Black, who is on the 10th Dimension album. Who actually, in the final song, The Eagle Spirit, has sent a message into the future to the planet and to the tribes that are under threat from the evil colonists. So, that's really where the whole thing ends. I, I wouldn't say that there, that there's not going to be a, an album that's related to Infinite Entanglement. There may be another one of those in the future. There are no plans at all. For that. For me, I've done the trilogy and I've been able to re release and bring out now the 10th Dimension. And with the final, there's new artwork, and I've been able to write the story of the 10th Dimension, which is the first part of the Entanglement book so if you get that final you'll be able to read that uh, and see what it's about the whole idea of the entanglement trilogy i started working on a short story and i was writing with my friend michelle who has done quite a few acoustic shows with me and um with guitar And I just didn't have any lyrics and uh, so Michelle I, 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 I haven't got anything all I've got is this short story that I've been working on the notes for it and parts of this short story and I started to try some of these bits from this story with the music that Michelle was doing and it just worked, it just fell into place. And we had like three or four ideas on that first session. It was, it really felt like it was going somewhere and pretty soon it was obvious, this is a concept album and it's based on this story. So I'd started writing the Infinite Entanglement story. I've never written a book, I'm not a writer, but I had this compulsion, this thing that about the story, the idea of someone that was broken and damaged, but that had been selected for a mission to go across the galaxy and find a new planet. And that it was in fact a mission that he did not know the real reason was to eliminate the indigenous people on that planet. First of all, enslave them, then eradicate them and populate that planet with genetically perfect human beings that would be ruled over by a self-appointed Christ figure. And that story was very strong and that ended up being the whole thing and i worked with chris appleton on turning the acoustic ideas into metal arrangements and pretty soon it was obvious that it wasn't one album and i said to chris well actually this is three albums it's a trilogy it's a beginning a journey and it's an arrival and a redemption this is what it is and i'm completely independent i'm the record company and i'm funded totally by my fans and if i'd been on a a regular record label i don't think i'd have been able to do it i said to chris it's three albums and i think it's three years and three tours and that's how we're going to do it and I, i told my manager what i wanted to do and i'm so lucky you know i have a great management they supported me and i was able to do that and bring out the trilogy one album per year this huge story about this man who does not know if he is human a man who wakes up in what he thought was a space suit but is actually a machine body and he has to decide what is it to be human is it to have a flesh and blood body or is it to think and feel as a human is that what makes you human irrelevant of what you are like physically and that's a question that's at the center of the infinite entanglement trilogy so uh, that, that's how it went really and uh, um, it's my greatest achievement in music in my career is those three albums that story and telling that and i've been so lucky with the incredible people that i have been able to work with all the guys from the ionia band that led their voices to the choir, all the guys from Absolver that were part of it, the people that I wrote the songs with, Michelle, everybody, and of course, I've been so lucky to have the incredible support and encouragement of my fans through the whole thing. They didn't know what they were going to get, but they ordered it and paid for it anyway. and it's just been an incredible experience and i'm so grateful to everybody for believing in me and being a part of that
0: i believe this trilogy is should be taken a step further this is just my opinion here it's such a great story a great trilogy have you thought about uh making a movie out of it maybe or shooting it to somebody it's just well
1: i i think you know um, I'm about halfway through the book. What happened is I, I had a lot of ideas and a lot of my story was was written and that became the first album and a part of the next one. And then by the third album, we were I was writing more of the story in the lyrics. So I had more lyrics than I had actual story. So now I have to catch up get everything together, all the parts that I've written, and finish that and turn that into a book for next year. And um, maybe when that book is complete and you've got the the albums, the music, then maybe that, that would be a time that I could talk to somebody. But really, if I could have the music
0: in a movie, that would be great for me. That would be awesome. Uh, also, one more idea here. I'm sorry so for so many ideas. <laughs> I think your personal story, your personal career should be a movie itself. You've been through a lot and a lot of great stuff, you know. And I think whoever's listening to this should, you know, check it out and, you know, maybe do a Blaze movie, you know.
1: Um, well, it's not important to be famous for me. Um, I wouldn't really be interested in having a movie about my life. Larry Patterson wrote a book called The End of the Day, and you can get that book uh, for Kindle. Um, It's digital only now, and that was about a certain era and part of my life, and he did a great job with that book. But I'm not really interested in having a movie about my life because... I just don't feel it's important to be famous. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's important to do good work. And I I suppose I'm happy that people know me for my work and they know me for my albums and for my singing and performances and for my music. But I I just don't think, I, I haven't done it to be famous. I did it because I wanted to be like Ronnie James Dio and be in a band, be a singer in a band and tour the world. And that was my dream. And I'm very, very lucky that I'm living my dream. You know, I, I'm able to write, record my own songs. I have incredible support from wonderful fans. And up until now, you know, I've been able to tour all over the world. So that's been great. But I think fame for its own sake, is not a good thing. And I'm famous enough. I don't really want to be more famous. I like the kinds of gigs that I do. I'm not trying to get to play arenas or stadiums. I'm not interested in that. I did that with Iron Maiden. I like where I am and I like to get up close and personal with my fans and there's a free meet and greet to every Blaze Bailey concert before COVID. And that's something very special. And it's been very important to me. Fame is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to be famous. But if you think it's important, really, then you've got you've got problems because it's not important being famous does not make you a good person. It doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't make you, it doesn't give you special powers. Being famous is only fun. You know, it's only as good as a cold drink on a hot day. And it's good while it lasts, but it's no more important than that. And uh, I don't believe in, you know, fame for its own sake. I'm very lucky that I'm famous for my work and the things I've done. So I I wouldn't really be interested in having a movie about my life unless I was doing the soundtrack to that movie and I could have my music. The music's the most important part, really, for me. That's <laughs> all I'm interested in, is doing music.
0: That would be perfect. You're a great songwriter, so that would be just perfect. Uh, speaking of Iron Maiden, uh, for the fans that don't know, there's a couple that don't know yet how you got the gig and the story behind that. Uh, how did you get the Iron Maiden gig, and uh, how did that feel?
1: Well, I started off in a band called Spain. Of course um there was an ad in the paper heavy metal singer required no experience necessary and that was me at the time um i went along and jace edwards and jeff Hately were at school together at the time and they were trying to put a band together you know and uh, i went along i sounded awful but nobody else went to an audition there so i managed to get the job by default i was lucky and they took me and uh and that was it really that was wolfsbane was the first band and we started writing our first songs together and uh, and all of that and you know we were lucky and we had a lot of support and we got a bit better and a bit better And one day, there we were supporting Iron Maiden. And we were supporting Iron Maiden on 31 sold-out shows across the UK. Fantastic experience. And years later, when Bruce left, I managed to get an audition with Iron Maiden. And a huge, huge surprise to me. They actually liked me and they offered me that job, I auditioned alongside, you know, I I did a lot of people went for auditions, thousands of singers from across the world sent tapes to Iron Maiden. And I was very, very lucky that they wanted a different voice. I think, you know, they'd had Bruce's voice for a long time. And I think they wanted a change and they used that as a way to change and my voice is so different to Bruce in so many ways and they offered me that thing that that job and it was an incredible incredible experience to be able to write with people that had had such huge success with their songs and people that had written classic songs things that will live forever in heavy metal music and in popular music, these huge songs, then that was just a fantastic, wonderful experience. You know, Bruce Dickinson is a lovely person and he's encouraged me and supported me before Iron Maiden, during Iron Maiden and after. I am Maiden. He's been um, really good to me in that way. and He's a legendary vocalist. He's one of the most important singers in music, not just heavy metal, but in music, the things that he's done and the shape of his voice, the tone that he has. He's one of the most important singers in music, I think. So to be in that situation and be considered good enough to be a part of what I consider to be the top band in the world of heavy metal was an amazing, amazing experience and there was fans that hated me, that just could not accept somebody new, their favorite singer had left their favorite band and they could not accept somebody new. But there were also a lot of fans who were, well, let's see what the new guy's about. And there were a lot of fans who really opened their hearts and gave me a chance and supported me. And some of those fans are still with me. I think it's okay not to like my voice and my style. That's okay, it's not for everyone. I'm, I'm not prepared to compromise what i do to to sound different and try to be liked i have to do what i feel in my heart and i was lucky with iron maiden that there were no restrictions at all on what you could write about or what you could do steve harris said it doesn't matter who write the songs they just have to be great songs. And uh, some of my songs were considered good enough, you know, to, to be on the album. So it's a great time in my life, uh, an honor, a privilege. I'm very, very lucky to have had that opportunity. And, you know, when you listen to the Infinite Entanglement trilogy, I think perhaps more than any other album that I've done, That has the influence of my time with Iron Maiden. There are parts of Entanglement where it's obvious that's where I've been. That's a huge part and a huge influence on my musical style and the way that I approach songwriting, so I think that's another great thing about my Infinite Entanglement Trilogy, you know, it it brings together a lot of the influences musically that I've had, and, um, and emotionally it tells the story well. I wouldn't have been able to do that, or get anywhere near it, or the songs wouldn't have been anywhere near the quality that they are without that time in Iron Maiden, and working closely with those guys. So, you know, their, their influence is a big part of Infinite Entanglement. Absolutely.
0: You can hear it in there, and the influence is there. So uh, Something you said uh, you're lucky to work with the band Maiden, of course. Something none of us will ever get to do is work with Steve Harris, the legendary mastermind behind iron maiden uh walk us through the writing process and recording process uh for the x factor and virtual 11 if it's possible uh this guy is just a legend there's there's
1: nothing special about it you know it's the same for every band i think people get together they say i've got this bit of music have you got any lyrics that would go with that or i've got these lyrics and this melody What music could we have with that? It's just the same as anybody that writes a song, any band Exactly the same process, Uh, except that you're with people that have a vast amount of experience and are totally uncompromising in what they do and aren't trying to be pop music. They're not trying to be commercial in the way that, well, everybody has to get this and like it like a pop song, it's, well, we have to feel really good about what we're doing, and it has to come from the heart, and when we get it right, it's something very special. So so that was it, really. I had a lot of ideas, and everybody else did, and we'd get together just the to way that you know, a lot of bands get together. Sometimes someone would bring the whole song with everything. and go, It goes like this, this is my idea. And sometimes people would say, well, I have this bit of a riff. And what do you think? Would it go with something? So, so that's how it went, really. In the studio, it was the same as well. You know, I've worked with top producers in music, in some of the best studios In the world, and it's the same, you know. Record this bit, record that melody, okay? Let's try it a different way, maybe a bit more breathy. Oh, you've gone a bit sharp, you've gone a bit flat. Oh, that sounds good. Well, you know, that's it. Really, it's just trying to get the song recorded, trying to bring the emotion and the music and the lyric together and when it works it's a fantastic musical journey so the difference really is just in the people when you get those people together and that group of people then you're going to get that particular sound so that's what it was like i learned a lot because you know the vast amount of experience of those guys and well you don't have to compromise musically And there's nobody outside the band has any say at all in the music or the direction of the music or what happens. No one. And um, in Wolfsbane, we'd often get, you know, the record company or somebody poking their nose in and changing things and all of that. But he made them that just didn't happen. They fought all these battles early on. And we're fiercely independent about uh, having the freedom artistically to do exactly what they wanted. And that just feels great to be a part of that and know that I can write whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. There's no restrictions. It just has to be really good. So, So that's it. There's no magic to it. It's just working with those people. And I think Steve Harris is a musical genius. The ideas that he comes up with, the things that he comes up with, some of them are completely insane and don't make any sense. I agree. But they make sense and they're hypnotic and you can't live without them. So it's it was just an amazing experience, you know, and something I will i will always cherish
0: have you ever been compared to paul diano one of their first vocalists of course
1: well obviously i'm really good looking so um much probably i am you know from the iron maiden singers i'm probably the best looking one of all you know bruce is you know not bad looking i'm probably the best one so really people have never compared me much to paul i'm so much better looking than paul you know paul is a wonderful guy he's a great sense of humor we've been on tour together many times sharing the same band and we you know we've done some some uh great tours together doing an iron maiden early show him singing his years and me doing mine and we've had a lot of fun together on the road so he's a a really cool guy with a great sense of humor and we we've had some great times together on tour
0: from all of your career recordings what is your favorite blaze bailey song you've ever recorded in your opinion i
1: i think it's it's it changes every day and songs really are like children it's difficult to have a favorite because emotionally you become attached to them in different ways so i think it's it's really really difficult i'm very proud of man on the edge because that was selected to be a single it became top 10 around the world Uh, so i'm really um proud of that but also with my own music then i feel the song silica messiah is unusual and it has a lot to it very cool song man who would not die that's a really cool song that i'm very very proud of very aggressive brutally honest raw emotionally so uh, it's very difficult to say Um, on my 10th dimension album that is re-released the vinyl is coming out now on that album there are some very deep emotional things and some very aggressive and melancholy uh, things Uh, and i think the song speed of light is really one of my best songs and also the song meant to be is a really big song for
0: me on that album. I love all of your material, all of your albums, all of your stuff, it's, it's all great to me. So I'm a fan, so keep it up, you know, keep up the good work. And uh, can you give us fans an update on Wolfsbane? Is there a future
1: yeah, What's happened is I'm working right now on my new solo album, and that will come out in March next year. I'm working with Chris Appleton on that. Uh, it's feeling really good. In the lockdown here in the UK, we've sent a few messages with Wolf Spain and we've got a couple of ideas. Jeff Haitley has written a lot of music and some he's got some great cool song ideas. And Jace Edwards he's putting things together. I've put some lyrics together and slowly but surely we are getting together a new Wolfsbane album and i don't know when that will come together but we have the ideas we have some music we have a few bits and pieces and we're slowly putting it together but we don't meet in the same room that's normal now and uh, we're sending each other bits and pieces and and jace edwards is putting the whole album together so bit by bit was slowly putting together a new wolf spain album and uh, i don't know when it will be out but bit beat by beats it's happening
0: that's great news for the fans awesome thank you awesome much appreciated blaze uh is there a message uh, you would like to send to your fans out there listening to this podcast
1: i'd just like to say a huge thank you to everybody who has believed in me who has supported me who keeps me going through the years and thank you so much everybody for your support and i really hope that you will enjoy my new album next year and that that will become a part of your life as my other albums have thank you so much for your support.
0: Thank you, Blaze. Thank you for your time and uh, hopefully the pandemic ends soon and we'll see you on tour in the U.S. and around the world.
1: Okay, James. Stay safe, thanks.
0: Good luck with your show. Awesome conversation with Mr. Bailey. We thank him truly from the bottom of our hearts, from everybody here at That Metal Interview Podcast and our radio show, jrocksmetalzone.com thank you to all the listeners don't forget to subscribe hit the bell for notifications and the ones that already do thank you we appreciate it and thank you for sharing downloading and streaming our podcast that metal interview from myself James thank you Uh, don't forget of course social media you guys know what to do and uh, don't forget to support support mr. blaze baby the great vocalist from England The former Iron Maiden vocalist, frontman Mr. Blaze Bailey, live from Czech, the latest release, a live album that he talked about on this interview. So thank you for spending time with us, Mr. Bailey, and rock on. And to everybody listening, don't forget to keep it metal. That middle interview.